I'm Stephen. I'm Chris. I'm Stargate Pioneer. And I'm the French Canadian Sensation. And we're the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a podcast member of the GunnaGeek Network. Just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready. Because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Let's geek! Hello! Ooh, pardon me. All you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 72 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a highly trained mouse sitting in front of a soundboard that I created, which is made up of voice samples of our dearly departed friend, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. How dare you insult the great mouse on the anniversary of Mickey's 90th anniversary birthday celebrations yeah that soundboard needs some work fuck 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 hey mouse cut it out i'll feed you the cat like i did the last mouse (laughs) it is actually mickey mouse's uh 90th uh birthday anniversary he's fictional so i don't know which is which (laughs) does it matter yeah, I think it's an anniversary normally like for a wedding or like a death or something. I don't know. Like he wasn't born on that day, but he kind of just showed up. <laughs> he fully formed. Yeah, he fully formed that day. I think that this is uh, November 18th, mm-hmm. 1928 was Steamboat Willie. Yeah, that's a significant moment for animation. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a um, anticlimactic if you watch it, actually. Uh, no penises <laughs> in sight. <laughs> yeah. False advertising, calling it Willy, especially on a steamboat. Jeez, come on! Yeah, because we know we all... that's where all the homosexuality parties happened back in the twenties. Untold. That's yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> well, in a, in a more sort of subtle way than you did. Well, I mean, because it's well, it's a well-known fact <laughs> that Mickey is, well, you know. <laughs> he's he's been gay pride for a very long time, especially on them their steamboats. I don't. I don't look. I got to stop this podcast because I don't. I don't know of any like traditional association of steamboats with gay people. <laughs> Maybe I'm just what, out of touch. What if I told you I made it all up on the spot and that <laughs> there is still a mouse controlling my soundboards? <laughs> God, imagine you could probably actually make a competent soundboard of me mm-hmm. with like all of the sounds. Like we've done what seventy two episodes of this, and yeah, I can actually like, think twenty about... episodes of the original run of the show. I can actually like think about what some of those buttons might be, and if you like, I'll, I'll happily tell you. <laughs> One of them is you complaining about the controls of a game. <laughs> yeah, press, pretty much just press that every time we review a game. Touche. Every time it's a modern game, <laughs> it's like, no, it's got too many buttons. Like, what, the, what the fuck is R2? You only need like R1. One button is you going like this. <sighs> and that's you, I press that every time I mention uh, a Total War game. <laughs> or um, <laughs> you just go, oh. <sighs> Right. You know, I, I, could, I, um, I could actually get you a couple of clean samples of that. I can, I can look, 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 let's workshop this further, but I think there's some good ideas here. Well, this actually bleeds into another theme, which we should talk about later on in the show, in that we're running out of year. Yes, that's right. And I've only got less than a month before I take off to uh, Land of the Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. So we need to organize some things and let the listeners know what's going on, uh, even if we don't know what's going on. 
Yes, we should do that. We should, but we don't care about our <laughs> listeners that much. So today, mm. with all of your, oh, you play modern games, <laughs> I have got a game that has been released in the past week. Uh-huh. Fuck you. <laughs> we are reviewing Tetris Effect. All right, AC. So when did this come out? Like a couple of years ago or something? Like a couple of years. I don't think so, Retro Boy, hmm. who's always playing the retro games. No, no, no. I'm a modern gamer. <laughs> I only play the modern games. Yeah, that's what you're all you're all about it. <laughs> so we modern actually, AC is what I call you. Modern AC is <laughs> is what's going to be written on my tombstone. Uh, and this game came out precisely one week ago, as of this recording. Yeah, that's right. So, not when this comes out, but as of the recording right now, we are recording on Friday, the 16th of November, and mm-hmm. this came out on the 9th of November. So yeah. this has only been out a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it for PS... Uh, well, I mean, it's like for PlayStation, but uh, I really got it for PSVR, mm. PlayStation Virtual Reality. This is That's kind of where that game shines. Yeah. I suppose you could say you can play it outside of VR, and it's a great game it's fantastic but we're gonna we're gonna mostly talk about the virtual reality version mm-hmm. because that's where i've been spending most of my time for the past week yeah it's pretty cool it, it seems like it's a game that's really grabbed your uh attention grabbed your uh, imagination or, or whatever the expression is it really it's has. got a hold on you it does have a hold on me and it's unlike other games uh recently because this is probably the first game since maybe Mario Kart 8 on Wii U that I bought on launch day. Wow. Now, I never pre-order games and I did not pre-order this one. Absolutely. We are all about we not never, pre-ordering Do games. not pre-order games. I Hashtag don't pre-order games. Do not pre-order games. Don't be, don't be a fuckwit, basically. <laughs> don't be that person. You're just perpetuating this issue the yeah. more you do it. So, but the, the day it did came out, I was really sick last week, actually. I had to take pretty much the whole week off mm-hmm. uh, and I had to take a vacuum cleaner back because our vacuum cleaner stopped working so I was like basically blowing my nose every two seconds <laughs> like with, with horrible yellow mucus oozing from my face mm-hmm. going into a JB Hi-Fi going yes I'd like to return this vacuum cleaner please mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you have a copy of Tetris Effect for a PlayStation uh, and all of their computers were down because of course um, they are. So it, it took them like half an hour <laughs> to register the fact that this vacuum cleaner was not working. Right. And then I went to the, the PlayStation section, looked for this game, and it wasn't on the shelves. And I went back and said, uh, do you guys have Tetris Effect? Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And I said, it's, it, it's, it's release day today. And so they came back with one box. That I think they had two copies in it or wow, something. Wow, they so weren't expecting much. No. So mm. I, bu- I bought that copy. Okay. It's only like 50 bucks or something. So, wow. I mean, it's, so it's like a mid-tier. Mid-tier, yeah. Mm. I mean, it could be cheaper because it's Tetris. But yeah, honestly, I, it's kind of worth it. Actually, when, you, when, it. when I think about it for even a second, $50 is probably the right price. It probably is. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> this, this is Tetris with... Um, it is the basic game is Tetris. Yeah, it's Tetris. Okay? It's Tetris. It's it's what you play, but the presentation is mwah. Yeah, this is a fantastically well presented game, especially in VR. It's all about the polish. It is. Mm. So basically, you you've got the Tetris field in the middle. It's got the same rules. Uh, you can lock away one piece and bring it back whenever you want, and you know swap it out. Uh, and that of course is always the the long four piece. 
because mm-hmm. that's always the piece that you need. That's right. And uh, it has a fantastic soundtrack. Uh, journey mode is the beginning mode. And it kind of... You just go through all of these different patterns and different worlds. There's a space station one. There is like a dolphin one. There's an under the sea one, which is different from the dolphin one. Mm-hmm. There's like a one that starts off with camels in the desert that goes right to the moon. Each level is very unique, very particular, mm. and has its own wonderful soundtrack, which really suits the stage. Yeah. Yeah. The music is, is actually like something that I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about until... Uh, your your wife Maria pointed out how much she enjoys it. And I was just, I sort of started paying more attention to it, mm. and it is like pretty immersive. Like the the sound and the visuals all at once. I mean, of course it's immersive. You've got a headset on for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but it, it but, works really you know, well. The fact that you yeah. are in VR just playing Tetris. I mean, that's really all you're doing, mm. and it's that immersive. I think is pretty impressive. It does focus the mind on on Tetris in a way. Like because I mean, a lot of us played Tetris on the Game Boy originally. Yeah, and that's kind of the opposite of this, where you, you can like there's a lot of distractions in your room. Um, you know, you can go make yourself toast while you're playing Tetris or something like that. You but, could, yeah. But with while you're playing Tetris Effect with the VR headset on, you're focusing entirely on what's happening on the on the headset. Yeah. And that is this sort of you know full you know audio visual. It's like a multimedia experience, AC. <laughs> I'm just going to um, jump interactive on that. multimedia. I'm just going to jump on that bus to the information <laughs> superhighway. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like I like to call it new media. Uh, anyway, sorry. sorry. We are back, back at up, uni again. Yeah, we grew yeah. up in a very odd time. Uh, <laughs> we did media. We both did media at university. And we grew up in this weird-ass time where we were switching from analog to digital and we weren't quite there yet. Yeah. So we were, like, being taught how to do all this stuff on, an, on like, a, an analog camera and then converting it to digital, which took about an hour. Yes. Back just, then. Isn't that interesting sort of, like, crossover period? Yeah, it really was. It was only, like... 420i, like 420 interlaced or something like that. Yeah, like on those cameras. Back in those days, newspapers were actually like viable businesses. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Anyway, back to Tetris. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <coughs> so, look, um, I have been spending hours upon hours and hours in in VR and Tetris because it, it, you can be very chill. Mm. And then all of a sudden, uh, halfway through... Uh, a level mm. it can just speed up and the music changes and the yeah. visual effects which is everything that's going on around the outside which you don't always notice because you focus so much on what's going on on the board yeah that or the tetris well as some people call it okay that's the technical term i think so yeah that makes sense yeah well, it is well okay yeah i'm happy with that. um <laughs> i'm glad they have your approval yeah that's right because otherwise i have to write a letter <laughs> and- to mr tetris <laughs> that's dr tetris to you buddy <laughs> I'm terribly sorry, Dr. Tetris. <laughs> I think he, he just got the name of the episode, actually. Dr. Tetris. He didn't do his PhD to be called Mr. Tetris. <laughs> so. By the likes of me. I'm going to write down the name because, like, recently I had this problem where we've been naming episodes during the podcast and then I'm way too lazy to listen back to the podcast. So <laughs> You don't want to listen back to this. I'm writing that down. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it is... Um it is very immersive and sometimes like you don't notice what's going on around the outside until it changes or until it gets really intense and there's almost like a like the beating heart or yeah or all of a sudden you're on the moon so the first one is journey and i have finished most of these levels but before i had a chance to finish it maria jumped in saturday night finished it all <laughs> she i think it may have been sunday night but she just finished every single level 
of Tetris effect in mm. Journey in normal mode, not difficult mode. But she's really good at Tetris, so yeah. I noticed. I mean, I remember she used to whoop my butt at Tetris, uh, Pure Pure Tetris. Yeah. Um, she's like just to the point where it drove me crazy. And she just had this sort of single-minded thing I've noticed where if she likes a game, she'll just drop everything to play it. Oh, yeah, um, including our, our beautiful daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the episode of, of The Simpsons with Marge has a gambling problem. <laughs> Your mummy is a Tetris fiend now. <laughs> just you, like, trying to hold the family together, like... <laughs> <laughs> boogeyman or boogeyman. That's right, yeah. uh, That basically does happen where this is me and May alone, by the way. <laughs> We start, we start taking pot shots through the door. That's right. Yeah, you build a fort. Yep. So, uh, sorry, I keep is, distracting you. No, it's all right. It's that kind of podcast. So, my question is: out of the levels that you played, which was your favorite? Yeah, they're they're all pretty funky. Hey, like I tell you, I mean, the early ones were very chill, obviously, and yeah. I liked that. But I think the one that I, I liked the most, just because I thought it was pretty clever, I can't remember the name of it. Maybe you can remind me. Mm. It's the one that sort of has like, it's almost like Native American sounding like chanting going on. Oh, yeah. And there's those sort of like canyon. Yeah. yeah. And there's this sort of like, you can see like weird looking shapes of like warriors on horseback. Yeah. Like circling. And the level just plays normally. But then at some point, it's exactly what you just said. The level switches suddenly. Becomes much more intense. Yeah. And, and, the, men, and the men on the horses start riding really fast. Yeah. And the, um, the pieces start falling really fast. And it, it evoked the sense of like, like the start of the level was like a war dance. Yeah. And then like the second part of the level is like the, is like the battle. Yeah. Cause it was just chaotic. Like the pieces just suddenly start falling so quickly. Yeah. You have, you have to really make some split second decisions. And I, it just struck me how clever that is. And, I, and that's what a lot of the levels are like. They have a little, like a, not a gimmick, but like a little thing that they do in each level that kind of evokes yeah. the, the visuals and the, and the music. So the visuals and the music are not just there as window dressing. Yeah. They kind of like try and tie the theme of the level into the way the game plays as well. And some of the levels they do that more effectively than others, but that one I thought was really, really good. That is um, one of the few ones that actually has some slight interference over the well itself. Mm. Like there will actually be some of and they're not fully formed figures, they're like kind of made out of dots of light, but they will kind of in this case, this is mm. one of the rare cases where they actually stream over the top in front of you and the, the Tetris well. Yeah, well. and it makes it quite kind of stressful because yeah. it's like just very distracting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can still see everything that's going on, but mm. it doesn't usually happen. So that's a that's a really poignant part. Yeah. I'd say my favorite is uh, Downtown Jazz. Yes, that was good. There's this one yeah. that is, is very much jazz-inspired, uh, and you've got like a, like an obviously New York-inspired cityscape kind yeah. of like whizzing past you. And like even the buildings break up after a while and like all the lights turn on. It's like, it's really, really cool. And every time you move a piece, the piano goes plinkety plonk. It makes this kind of improv jazz sort of sound. It does. Yeah. Some people hate that. I love jazz. So, yeah. And I love improv jazz. So this was like, it's, it's always such a treat to play that level for me. It's like, yeah. yeah, this is kind of, I really like this level. It's clever. I mean, mm. some, I've played a few games where I think it was, um, oh, one of the Pixel Junk. I think the Pixel Junk series of games do mm. this a bit where you're making music as you're playing the game just through hitting the jump button and like swinging off things or like, you know, climbing, like just as you play it with every button press music's coming out yeah. and it, and they've done it cleverly so that it works no matter, no matter how like 
random your button presses are, it still produces something that yeah. sounds like decent. And um, that happens in a lot of the levels. Like there's, there's yeah. of, but there are usually a lot more subtle tones that kind of fit in, or they're like beats with uh, that correspond with like a kind of a techno rhythm. Yeah. And so the, the, the soundtrack is very wide variety. You know, there's like this kind of techno-ish, clubbish music. There's a bit of jazz. There's a lot of um, Enya-inspired music. I want to say <laughs> yes. like very chill stuff. That's, look, with the water levels. Look, all I'm going to say is, you know, as a, as a storm anti-drugs advocate <laughs> I think this game is probably a risk to our children I, because look, I can see someone really enjoying this game you know especially in chill mode yes let's just say if, they, if someone was in chill mode in real life and then played this game in chill mode they would have a good time essentially <laughs> break out the non-drugs because we are anti-drugs here on this but definitely podcast. don't do that because it's very bad for your brain and you will die yeah die straight That's, away soon your first puff I know that I know that because I read it in a science book. <laughs> we are scientists here. So the other mode is um, the effects mode, which is they have a whole bunch of different other things you can do. Mm-hmm. Like there is obviously the master Tetris where like you pieces just basically teleport in and you have a split second to move them across the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to get lines in that at all. Um, it goes... Uh, it starts at M1. Maria got to M5, I think. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of like that sort of championship Tetris that I've seen on on like YouTube, where like the pieces fall so fast that it is effectively like they're just appearing at the bottom of the yeah. screen. But people um, have enough. Like you can spin. You can't infinite spin, but you yeah. can spin enough that you can kind of tumble it over. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, it doesn't have a full infinite spin, which is like I understand from my readings, um, a very controversial. Um, game mechanic in Tetris because it some is. people just feel like it just allows people to like it doesn't punish people who are bad at the game enough like yeah. it allows crappy Tetris players yeah, to like succeed oh, yeah. um, but this game does a good thing where like if you keep retaining the piece eventually it just locks it in yeah. it just goes nah okay it's no, you've, you've had your spins that's yeah it. so that's good I think um, there are and there is a sprint mode and where you have to clear 140 lines I should say in the original journey mode um, you have to clear 36 lines per level yeah to, it, it, points are good but they're not necessary yeah because it's just you about unlocking isn't yeah, it? it's just about unlocking the next the next mode that's the journey mode mm. and um, in some of the effects mode, you've got the the chill, relax version, which is just very slow. You can't get a game over, um, and it just cycles through some of the the more calm levels, like the water levels and yeah. the wind levels, and it just kind of cycles through those. And I just kind of enjoyed playing through that. Hmm. They have modes which is where you have to get a you have to clear a line. Mm-hmm. With a certain piece every time it comes in. Uh, so it has to be one particular piece. Yeah, that's right. So when it, when it comes in, um, you've got like a uh, like one of those square, completely square blocks. Oh yeah. You have to fit it in, and it has to clear those lines. Right. Yeah. So there's co- quite a few of those. Um, I think they're in adventurous mode, which kind of fiddles with the genre a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think out of all of those modes, my favorite mode other than chill because i think chill is is, is very chill it's probably <laughs> mystery mode which is the one right down at the bottom of the list mm. that is basically the most tetris battle gaiden ass tetris <laughs> yes. that you're gonna get yes I, I discovered that mode and i i agree so why don't you talk us through that mode a bit yeah so it's basically just you're playing tetris uh and then the game just throws random effects at you i mm. think the the version I played was, I think this is normal difficulty. You have to get 150 lines. Yep. Just survive. Yep. And um, the game does all sorts of like devilish fuckery, may I say, <laughs> to you. Like um, one thing that's fun is they just drop a really huge Tetris piece on you that's made up of like many 
squares. Yeah. Like it, a, it'll look like one of those L-shaped pieces, but it'll be like, yeah. like a third of the size of the screen. Yeah, and yeah. They'll just plonk it there. It was even funny because I think the first one I saw was one of those S-shaped pieces, which is like, of course, everyone's least like, favorite piece. The most useless piece you can yeah, get in the game. Yeah, everyone's most hated pieces. Mm. So that was funny. I was like, oh man, it's even worse because this is a really big one. Um, So that was great. Um, It does things like flip one thing that was really annoying was it flipped the screen yeah. upside down and then reversed my controls as well. So I'm trying to move the piece right, but because the screen's flipped, it's actually moving them left. Yeah, and your brain needs to adjust to that real quick. That was really difficult. One, um, one of the, my favorite bits in that mode is when all of a sudden it starts doing, instead of four-piece tetraminos, it goes down to three. Yes, yes, that and was cool. all of cool. a sudden you've got, just got three pieces and it makes it easier but harder at the same time mm. like you could you cover less ground which yeah. is kind of good mm. but it, it's also kind of harder to slot stuff into other stuff yeah i found that really interesting when i did that because it, it kind of broke my mind a bit like because yeah. it's just something i haven't seen in a tetris game before it's clever i mean obviously there are a million tetris clones out there yeah but this game is doing things that are new i think or at least i haven't seen it before yeah. then the, someone's this probably someone like who who has seen that mechanic in some other oh, there's game there's so many different types I, don't, of I mean i can't yeah i can imagine that it, it may have been conceived previously but i've never seen it before that was very cool i think that mode's something i might want to play around with a bit more because yeah me too it seems like there's a lot of fun surprises in there yeah there's that. also like bombs that you have to defuse by like getting a line through that bomb if mm. not it kind of like explodes and a whole bunch of your Tetris pieces just disappear, which yeah. can be good. And it also can be detrimental, believe it or not. Yeah, it really does remind me of Tetris Battle Gaiden, which was like, I think, well, just briefly say it's a two-player Tetris game yeah. where you can do like terrible magical effects to your, your opponent. I love, um, we both love Tetris Battle Gaiden. Yeah. Um, I actually have a couple of copies of that game. It is, it is a fantastic, Yeah, uh, like if you hate your friends, this is the perfect game to play against them. It's like, the, out of all the sort of games that are not released in, in the West mm. for the SNES, I feel like this is one of those ones that's like, it's almost like an essential for your collection. Yeah. Because yeah. it is that fun. It is that good. I it's would, almost worth getting a like yeah. a Super Famicom just to get it because it was only released in Japan. I don't want to say anything too crazy out, out here, AC, but yeah. I think that game like sits with the best SNES games ever made. I think it sits in that in that. I think broader it category of like up there. It is definitely yeah. one of the best two-player games. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, yeah. And this is one of the faults of Tetris Effect is that there are no two-player modes. Oh, that's a shame. There, yeah. are, there is there is no versus mode. No in this. couch co-op or anything. No, no. no couch, of course not co-op. Of course, I'm sorry. There's no co-op in There's Tetris. No. <laughs> you 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 go into Tetris alone. You fight alone. You die alone. <laughs> that's not what Tetris is about. I meant couch multiplayer. Yeah, you know, but yeah. that's all right. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, there is none of that, but I don't think that's what they were going for. Like mm. they had a specific vision in mind for the, for that game. Yeah. And I think they 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 brought it to life. So with that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, what's your recommendation? Wow. You know what? If you have a PSVR. And you're like, man, I have no games to play on this thing. This is a very good one. Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably going to... It's it's actually funny, though, because when I think about it, it doesn't really utilize the VR very much. It kind of It's the same same thing with, like, Polybius. How Polybius is a really great PSVR game yeah. that isn't actually doing a heck of a lot with the VR, other than it just... Is, it is in 3D. Other than just giving you immersive. that. It gives you mm. that immersive feel. Yeah. Um, but you're not really interacting with the 3D environment too much. Not so much. Especially no. in Tetris Effect, where, yeah. where you're really just playing Tetris yeah. and there's just stuff going on in the background, for the most part. I mean, we did describe there's all this other... Th- it ties in the themes of the level. It's mm. clever. Getting back to my point, I think if you have a PSVR, you should get it. Yeah. Unless you don't like Tetris. And who... I mean, how many people don't like Tetris? Yeah, really? Um, there might be some of us out there who don't. 
Um, but I'd say, yeah, it's a pretty solid bet that this is this is this should be in your PSVR library. So that's a pretty strong recommendation. Um, but if you don't have a PSVR, how much do you like Tetris? Yeah. Do you like Tetris a heck of a lot? If so, yes, get it. You know, if you haven't played Tetris for a long time and you're looking for, and you're like, yeah, you're hearing me talk about Tetris and you're like, yeah, it might be time to play some Tetris. This is, um, you know, it's timely. It came out just a week ago. Um, people are, seem to be really enjoying it. And um, and we we enjoyed it a lot, so I would rec- I would actually recommend this game, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah, I, ne- I normally don't recommend games on this show. <laughs> uh, what about you? Yeah, yeah th- look, this is a such a super strong recommendation from me. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a little bit biased because, and I'll admit that because Tetris is one of my top five. I think if I think it was maybe number three of my all time top list mm. of games. I just. It's just such a pick up and play game from the Game Boy and I and Tetris Battle Gaiden and uh, Tetris DS, which was like a Nintendo job, which was also fantastic. And I love this version of Tetris. It was about time for me to go and play a new version of Tetris, and this delivered on every front. Other than maybe the two player thing, which doesn't bother me that much. You yeah. have to think about it before it bothers you. Yeah. And I. You know, I think they were going for something here and it was immersion. And there's a lot less immersion if you've got a dickhead on the couch playing next to you. <laughs> hey, as a dickhead on the couch, I take offense at that. If you want to play against a dickhead, play Tetris Battle Gaiden. Um, I love Tetris Effect. It is, if you have a PSVR, I think it's essential. Mm. Uh, if mm. you are a Tetris fan. If not, I think you'll still get a lot out of it because the, the, the visuals and the soundtrack especially are fantastic yeah so you know if you if you're a tetris fan you've got a playstation i reckon give it a go definitely give it a go so how is peppers the wonder horse doing she's good look i haven't killed her yet oh thank god she's still you know what it's been two weeks of me sitting on the edge of my seat going rob can barely look after himself there's no way he could look after a digital horse (laughs) like the peppers is fine look We've had a few adventures, AC. Okay, yeah. There's been there's been some dicey situations, but we've come we've pulled through. This is Red Dead Redemption Two, of course. That's right, the ongoing saga. I think I can probably get away with talking about this for like this episode, and then maybe one more, and maybe then I have more. then I have to move on. Yeah. So the pressure's on for me to beat this game. <laughs> um, but yes, Peppers is fine. Um, I did have this moment with Peppers where I was what I became concerned about risking her. You know, so there was one like. Can mission- you have multiple horses? Ah, uh, you, you can have You're some kind of a whole so horse. You have your primary horse, yep. right? You have your like your mane, yep. <laughs> if you like. No you pun intended. <laughs> and, and oh god, oh, that was literally no pun intended. Ooh, okay, uh, right. and I'll let that one go through the keeper. <laughs> uh, but then you can also like steal another horse. Yeah, but the game won't like immediately change the stolen horse. Like it won't just go. All right, well now that's your favorite horse because you might have spent hours or you know days or whatever building up your like relationship with with peppers you don't want to just steal some rando horse and then suddenly that's your main so it gives you this kind of like option to like sell the new one you've stolen or make it your primary horse i can't remember exactly how it works because of course i don't want to change peppers out with it i've got the best horse already yeah you've got you've got a horse for life that's right um i did give i did take peppers to a so um icon on the map was for stables and I, I moved my little cursor over it to see what the stables had to offer me and it said that it had horse upgrades <laughs> so of course i was like well peppers you've been a great you've been a good girl so it's time for some horse upgrades for you <laughs> spell eight engine i'm gonna spend some of my hard-earned by which i mean stolen money <laughs> 
on uh, on peppers. So she has now she now has an extra long mane and an extra long tail. She now looks pretty much like a like a My Little Pony when I ride her around, <laughs> oh, um, which I think is fantastic. That sounds um, pretty. So what color is peppers? Pink so she's or she's oh, now I'm going to get the name. There's a particular like is it there's, there's, or? no no no. This, her her breed yep. is an American standard bred. Okay, which I understand is a racing breed. Okay. Um, I think that's right, and but her coloring has a particular name, and you know how horses have those like like there's like chestnut, and then there's yeah. like dappled, and dappled, <laughs> yeah. There's some word like that for her, but I, I don't know what it is. But she's basically kind of like a yellowy brown, like a mustardy kind of a color, oh, like a that's nice, yeah. like a nice a nice sort of light brown with a white mane and white uh, tail. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so she's very pretty. Very pretty. Horse. Um, yeah, I have been concerned about risking her life. Like, there was this one mission where I had to steal a wagon. And it was in this kind of, like, a compound. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a wall. And there's, like, guys with rifles guarding this wagon. So, for a while, I was like, do I really want to just ride Peppers in there? <laughs> with my, like, band, you know, with my, like, bandana over my face, like, masked. Like, looking like I'm up to no good. Yeah. Because I don't want Peppers to get, like, a shotgun blast to the face or something, you know? Like, by accident. Because, you know, shit happens. In the Wild West. People get shot. Horses go down. It, you know. Would you say scum your way back to bringing Peppers back to life? I don't know. See, I'm actually becoming... I'm actually starting to wonder whether you can... Uh, oh, okay. I know you can kill a horse because I have done it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was established last episode. You can actually kill a horse. Um, but I think it's pretty difficult. Like, you have to really, like, run them right off a cliff or something, you know, um, to, to do it. Um, so, I'm not sure. But... but yeah, sorry, I lost my point. But the um, the thing was, I was really concerned about like riding peppers in there. So for a while, I was like trying to steal a horse to mm-hmm. use to like like an expendable horse, let's say. Like I like ride in there, and if if the horse gets killed, you know, like oh well, it's not peppers. So, so who cares? Um, but then I realized that I could just ride in there, and like their reaction time is pretty slow. Like I rode, so this is like a, it's like basically a tar and um, like petroleum factory. Mm. And I was going to steal a wagon that had a big, like, tank of of, of this, like, tar on it that we were going to use to, like, set a fire. Because, you know, we're just we're up to no good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're no good no, nicks. No good nicks. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly the word I was about to use, yeah, yeah. you ruffians. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, I had on, on peppers, on horsepack, with my bandana over my face. Mm-hmm. Like, just full pe- long time like for to, them to I'd react. I like to think that when you were doing this, mm-hmm. you were, like, doing a Dr. Zoidberg from Futurama. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because I rode right in. Like jumped off Peppers while she was still kind of you know going, <laughs> then ran over to the wagon, like climbed up onto it, yeah, and like sort of started you know whipping the reins to get it going. And it was only when I started to like pull out of the compound that they like actually realized what I was doing. Like, <laughs> oh wait, the guy with the mask is trying to steal something. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. um, Not too bright, dim dare folks. It was in the pretty old West. pretty fun mission actually, and that kind of segues into my next point, which is about the law and order system. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether I got into this in much detail in the previous episode, but I, I thought it might be interesting to just discuss this because it raises some interesting thoughts for me. So to get away from that compound, um, you have to be pretty quick because there's there, there are horses there, mm. and the the guys that are guarding it will mount up <clears throat> and and chase after you. And you're on a wagon, so you're a bit slower than them. But you get you have a good head start yeah. because they're so surprised <laughs> that you've stolen it. And there's a sort of hill near the factory and I kind of like rode up over the hill over the crest of it before they'd really started to chase me so I felt like okay I'm pretty confident here I can yeah, get yeah. away from um, but they chased they, they really hound you and I actually had to restart the mission a couple of times because I got shot to death because um, wow. 
they, they if they shoot but, but, if they but shoot the tar, Peppers was okay. Well, right? Peppers was fine because oh, I, okay, I left sorry. her at the compound. <laughs> That's all that matters. Then, yeah. I don't care about your lousy corpse. Um, yeah, because one bullet to that tank, or a couple of good bullets to that tank, will blow it up. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I ended up having I realized I you just have to ride hell for leather and don't stop for nothing. Yeah. And if you do that, you get away. Um, and the way the law and order system works is really interesting because what happens is, okay, someone's, say you've committed a crime, you've robbed someone, yeah, but someone's seen you do it. That person will, will, will become a witness and they're marked on the map as a witness, a little like exclamation point. And they will sort of like leg it to the nearest sheriff or, or they will like leg it to the nearest horse, like to the, the horse they can like legitimately jump on yeah and then ride into town the nearest town like they're basically just take, making a beeline basically they're dobbers right they're yes do- they're, they're yes. tattling on you yes exactly and so the game gives you the opportunity to deal with the witness of course you would um and if you kill all the witnesses well you know <laughs> you know if <laughs> what they don't know won't hurt them <laughs> as they say um but but I, I I sort of felt like that's just too evil to do that. But I've been doing things like chase people down, like tying them up, like riding off with them, and maybe leaving them on train tracks or on the edge of a cliff or something like. <laughs> something might happen to them. Who knows? Yeah, accidents do happen when you're tied to train tracks. But that's an effective way to deal with a witness as well yeah. is to tie them up and just ride off into the wilderness and just leave them somewhere. Um, so what did you do this in this particular occasion? Well, I just rode off, and because my I have a bandana, they didn't know exactly who it was, so. I got away, even though that they did inform the law, but no, it didn't add to my bounty. And this is the way the bounty system comes in, because if yeah. if you are identified ah. as having committed a crime but you haven't been caught, then a bounty gets put on you, and that starts out pretty small, depending on what you've done. Like if you shoot a, a sheriff right in the face, like that's going to be a pretty big bounty. But yeah, but if you just like steal someone's horse or something, like it's not, it's not, it's like twenty five bucks or something. You know? So but, when you when you hold up a train or something like mm. that, do you get like a like a a dialogue wheel of like different options you can well, say and stuff like that. The or? train robberies I've done have been like missions, like scripted events. Oh, okay. But you can rob like stagecoaches and things like that. I was just hoping one of the dialogue option was like, this is a science experiment or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm always, I'm always hopeful that there are back to the future three references in these games. Look, man, I'll look out for one for you now. Now that you mention it, cause I'd like, I'd like to think there would be one. Um, hopefully you can get the outfit. I'd love if you could that buy the outfit. That would be so cool. Actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that bounty system is really interesting because what what it does is very different to GTA. Because with GTA, this is a good example because GTA is like a pretty close comparator. Yeah, yeah. In GTA, you get stars. And when you have stars, the cops pretty much keep coming. Yeah. They know where you are and they just they keep and they come to you until you like lose those stars. Um, in the most recent GTA games, they started to introduce the system where you can lose the police. Mm. Like you go and hide and then your your star rating kind of ticks down yeah. as long as you're hiding. I think the last one like one or two GTA games had that feature. This game is pretty similar. Um, so you commit a crime and it creates this radius around the crime scene and the sheriffs will come to that crime. Once they've been alerted, once yeah. they know there's a crime, they will pretty quickly arrive on the scene. The lawmen will arrive and that, but they'll come to the spot where the crime happened and then they will sort of fan out of it. So if you just leg it, if you just get the F out of there, you're fine. And if, and if you have been smart enough to put your bandana on, which like I have not always been smart enough to do. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've often had to, uh, you know, kind of just get a bounty on me because I've forgotten to, 
to do, but if you but if you put your banana on and you're mm. quick about it, you can get away with murder. This is this is interesting because I've I've heard <clears> a lot <throat> of stories about how a lot of the the buttons are very similar from say howdy to someone and shoot someone in the face. Or like raise your gun or something like that, you know. Like there's there's a, there's a whole bunch of buttons, and I'm going to complain about the buttons here for a mm. game I've never even played. But it, apparently, you can get a little bit confusing sometimes. No, it definitely, definitely does. And I've gotten used to it now. Yeah. But I, last episode, I did, I did mention that I I accidentally pulled my gun on a few people because the um the button for the context menu that lets you talk to people is also the aim button. Oh wow! So if you have your gun out, if you've unholstered your weapon and forgotten about it mm. you're just walking along with your pistol in your hand when you hit L2 instead of like bringing up the context menu to say howdy you just point your gun at someone <laughs> and that's a, that's a crime that's a, you're immediately well yeah you know I, I don't want a gun pointed at me in 2018 yeah. I can only imagine what it would be like in like whatever like 1899 or whenever you're playing this game yeah yeah so that's like a significant problem when you pull your gun on people by accident so what I, uh, I, we actually have some listener mail okay, okay uh, cool. from a uh, friend of the show mm. occasional um, guest spot uh, Elchan who has also been playing Red Dead and here is his tale of Red Dead hilarity it's hilarious how things go wrong in Red Dead I bumped into a guy on my way into the saloon and he came up swinging and punched me. I punched him back and then his buddies pulled out guns and started shooting me, which seemed a bit of an extreme reaction. I ran away because I knew shooting them back would get me in more trouble. Exactly, yes. After the heat was off, I came back there and there were two dead bodies outside the saloon. No idea what happened to them. I casually sauntered away, but the sheriff came in. Oh no. Managed to talk my way out of that situation. Decided to wait at the train station until the heat was off. I wanted to sit down on a seat next to a guy at the station, but this game uses the triangle button for both sit down and strangle a motherfucker. <laughs> so before I knew it, I'm choking some random dude at the train station out. It's just Arthur, Arthur Morgan's just a stone cold killer. It's just a. Everyone in the train station <laughs> runs off, and before I knew it, an entire posse is chasing me down on horseback. Oh, God. Oh, that, that is... That's I hilarious. Just, I just love... That's hilarious. Uh, say howdy and strangle a motherfucker. That's great. Look, I love that. And that just shows... I mean, I'm this, everyone who's played this game probably has a really great story to tell. Mm. Um, that kind of reminds me of a, the sort of a point I, wanted, I, I was leading to, which is that... Um, the game instills a certain degree of fear in you because like once you've got a bounty, it's it, they're expensive. Yeah. And you can pay off your own bounty. You can pay off your own bounty and it's just, it just costs as much as your bounty costs. Yeah. Um, but then, then here's where we get into like meta territory AC. I think it's very clever the way they've done this law and order system because it reflects the wild west. Because in GTA, if you commit a crime, you're going to be hounded by the police. Makes sense. In this game, if you commit a crime, you can just go about your business. Like it's it's a law. It's a very lawless world where yeah. like what happens if you have a bounty is that every now and then, not all the time, every now and then, and especially if you camp out in the wilderness, bounty hunters will start will appear on the map near you and kind of hone in on you. And you have to pretty much kill them or like run away. Yeah. Or hide. You can hide as well. I actually did that once. I hid 
and it actually was effective. They, oh, they eventually just wandered off. Couldn't find you. So you, you don't have to murder all the bounty hunters, but they're so annoying that I end up just shooting them all. And you don't actually... What's interesting is if you shoot the bounty hunters, it doesn't actually increase your bounty. Oh, okay, because they're... Yeah, the privateers, basically. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird. Yeah. But... but and the bounty hunters are apparently, you know, the more bounty you get, I imagine you attract like a higher tier of bounty hunter, like a more dangerous level of bounty hunter, or maybe just more of them. Um, but what I've found, I have a bounty in three states now, and there's only like four states in the game, I think. <laughs> well, at least in the area, I, I, I've been, I should mention, I have been keeping myself very spoiler free. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of common knowledge about so this game. So what chapter are you up to? I'm still in chapter two, oh, wow. which really surprises me. Yeah, you've been um, playing that game for pretty solidly for I know, a weeks now. and it just reflects the fact that I think um, I'm, riding, I'm riding to and from missions a lot, and yeah. there's a lot of distractions on the way. And I haven't, again... This is kind of embarrassing because there probably is a fast travel option in the game, but I haven't found it. Mm. So I've been like just riding everywhere, which is I don't mind actually because it's fun. It kind of reminds me of playing Zelda um, Breath of the Wild a bit. How like just 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 traveling around the world is kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, um, that's how you explore a lot. You know, there's yeah. no two paths that are identical. You might always see something that's kind of yeah on the way. So... Um, Sorry, I lost my lost my train of thought there. What are we talking about? So the you're fast traveling to to other places on horseback, oh, effectively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I have I have bound. That's right. I have bounty in like three states. Yeah, and some of them are like you know pretty significant bounties. And I found that I don't really care. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like I've got a, I've got four hundred dollars. I've got more more than enough money to pay off all my bounties. But I'm holding on to it because I know that some more weapons will unlock soon. Ah. Eventually, the weapons that I want to buy will unlock. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I'd rather just hang on to this money because at this point in the game, like the bounties are not causing me that much grief. Like, yeah, occasionally I have to deal with some bounty hunters, but like apart from that, I don't really care. So it's actually encouraging me to become more of a criminal because like who the kids a fuck, right? Well, you are a criminal. That's the thing. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone keeps going, oh, I don't want them to think you're, you're, I'm a criminal or whatever. But mm. no, Arthur Morgan... Fucking criminal. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like mostly what the game is about. And he is a criminal. I should mention as well. Last last episode, I talked about this vibe I got that the story was a bit off, and I yeah. didn't really feel like much of a criminal. That that has definitely changed. You since. are a criminal now. There were a couple of missions, story missions that that really cemented your status as a criminal. You know, Sweet. like there's one you have to you rob a train, right? Spoilers for this game. So skip ahead about a couple minutes if you don't want to hear the spoiler for this very specific mission. But you rob a train and one of the things you do is you, you're, you're walking through the train with your gun out, threatening people mm. and tell, you know, getting them to put money in your sack. And if they don't comply, you beat them with your like gun barrel. Oh, wow. And it's literally... So you've got a rifle at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have... I have so I have a few different guns. I've yeah. du- got my double barrel shotgun. New guns. Lots of guns. Yeah. Double barrel shotty, which I stole from someone. And it's a really freaking rad gun. And I got it cleaned up and all nice. It's a no. really good like shotgun. Mm-hmm. Got a repeating rifle, but it's, these are like carb. It's a carbine, which is like a, a small rifle. It's not very long range. Uh, and of course I've got two pistols now. I got a holster that you dual I got an extra aim. holster. So mm-hmm. now I can have two. So I had to go and buy a duplicate of my starting pistol. So now I've got two of the most basic pistols you can get. But I feel like it's pretty rad to have two. I can ride around town going, yeehaw, I've got two pistols. So at the end of this mission, did you actually kill anyone? No, or? but I beat a lot of like, like, like 
you know, middle class, just like people in the face with a gun. You know, like I grabbed this old man and just punched him right in the face with my gun barrel. Well, you know, you mean business. It's like, you know, that's I, your business. I feel like a criminal now. Okay. Well, that's good. And I'm more like prepared. Well, you know, as far as the game goes. And knowing that I can get away with murder. Yeah. Like it is the Wild West. I think that was, that's my point. It's very clever the way that they make the, the law and order system like permeable or like you can break the law with limited consequences and that kind of makes you feel like well that's what the wild west was that's why they called it the wild west because you could get wild because it was wild and lawless and yeah okay that's Mm. pretty cool i'm I'm glad for that update and just keep me going with peppers because i will i'll look i'll come back with some more peppers tales um you you got one more week before people start writing in and getting sick of it (laughs) god she looks beautiful though with that long tail and mayonnaise i tell you it's just my little peppers my (laughs) little peppers (laughs) i don't know how the rest of that song goes i'm sorry (laughs) friendship is magic it turns out (laughs) Between a murderer and his horse. That's right. Horse. Anyway, uh, see, what's been about, going on in your life? Oh, has it, has look, a, let, let's briefly talk about my life. Yeah. Um, the listeners want to know. They demand look, Rob Life. I have no Rob Life notes, but I'm trying to cast <laughs> my mind back. Look, I've been doing a lot of swimming with my daughter. Let's talk about my daughter's swimming okay. lessons. So my daughter goes to swimming once a week and I, I've been taking her um, since we've separated more or less. I've been. I took up the the swimming role, which has been really nice for me because it's it's a very like, it's a sweet thing to do with your child. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so we go to swimming at this little kids pool. It's kind of a racket, really, if I'm honest with you. This this ch- children's swimming lessons. Yeah. Scene. Basically, getting them used to water rather than a whole bunch of swimming. Because they're not learning how to swim, really. No. Like they're just getting familiar with it. Yeah. Like right now, my daughter's learning to float. Yeah. That's what she's learning. Is like about buoyancy. That's the curriculum. <laughs> right. No, they take it very seriously. Yeah, I'm sure thing. they do. Um, uh, but it is a bit funny, actually. Like, honestly, it does seem like a bit of a scamola or indeed a scamino. Scamino. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because like they it's lock you in. Scamatron 5000 is what that thing is. Because once your kid's in the system, they lock you in and they're, they're there forever. Mm. Like, and, and they guilt the hell out of you by like talking, they send you emails about like, oh, if you miss a lesson, your kid, like their development might like, they might forget what they've learned. They're so, dead. If you put them in the water, they die. Yeah. Put them in the bath, they're dead. <laughs> exactly. But I'm really enjoying it. And the good thing is- Washing being, their hands, drowned. It's being subsidized actually. So Meg's parents are paying for these lessons. Oh, that's good. So, I don't care <laughs> that it's a scam. <laughs> I just enjoy it. Um, so up until recently, I was swimming with Ruby. I'd go yeah. in the pool with her and like hold her and we'd do all this. And it was aimed at like two-year-olds. And there's a lot of singing and, and like games. Yeah. Now she's in the big pool. Now that she's three, mm. she's graduated. She's not a she's not a jellyfish anymore, AC. She's now a seahorse. <laughs> oh, God. This is like they had this grading system, you know. Um, so she's a, she's a seahorse and she's, so she's swimming in the big pool with someone else, not me. I just sit on the side and watch her. Yeah. And as a parent, I'm sure you can understand just how terrifying that thought actually is <laughs> of your yeah. daughter being in. And this is like, to be clear, this is a big pool. It's not an Olympic swimming pool, but this, this is a drownable. They can't touch, they can't touch the bottom. It's drownworthy. Yeah. It's, it's a drownable pool, right? <laughs> um, what they do is they put this little island in and it's about a meter off the surface of the of the um, the pool floor, hmm. and it just sits there. So there's still water above it, but the toddlers can kind of stand on it, and their heads are above the water. And they just kind of like my daughter does swimming with like two other kids. It's it's a small class now that she's in the big pool. It's like a very small class. So it's her. It's two girls and a boy, 
and they all just stand on the island and just jump up and down constantly when they're not swimming because what happens is the instructor will come up mm. take one of them and like and like get them to do a thing like usually floating on their backs or like kicking their legs whatever it is meanwhile the other two just jump up and down on the island constantly <laughs> that's always jumping up and down and smiling at, at their parents um it's very cute that is cute and just i was really worried that ruby would not take to swimming alone because that transition of like daddy's with you in the pool yeah to daddy's over there watching you and you're with a stranger is a pretty big jump yeah I'm very, very happy with my kid. She took to it really easily. She just doesn't care about you at all. I think I, I front load. I think it's smart to front load things with toddlers. So I told her, today you're swimming in the big pool. And she's like, she was like, really? Like, she's really, mm. like, wow. And I was like, yeah, you're by yourself. You can do it yourself now. Because she's really into doing things by herself oh. at this point. Like, she, her favorite phrase right now is, I want to do it. So, like, if I'm buckling up a seatbelt, I want to do it. If, if uh, I'm cutting up a food with a knife and fork, I want to do it. May's kind of similar. And in, in Japanese, it's jibun. Mm. Jibun is, like, do it yourself. Like, mm. oh, jibun, jibun. I want to do it. Like, you know, I, I want like to do me. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is funny. And I'll, I'll get into a story about that in a minute. But, sure. Um, I'm happy to throw to you now oh, if you yeah, want. No, no, no. Um, um, this is... So, we're trying to teach May how to use a knife and fork. Or, okay... That's a lie. We're trying to teach <laughs> May to feed herself. Right. She can use her hands and she's not very good at drinking uh, because she's got very limited vision. Mm. She picks up a glass and she has to do everything kind of by weight. So she kind of gets halfway oh, yeah. and she can't see what's in the glass because water is transparent and she's, you know, horribly sight impaired. Mm. So she goes from zero to 50. She just kind of <laughs> she goes for it. She's and like, you know what? I'm just going to trust that this is going to work out. <laughs> it never does. <laughs> That's the first thing. The second thing is with a fork, like uh, she's trying to stab things. And like we have all these colored plates mm. and we try and make sure that the food is a different color to the plate. Like, sure. So she can identify the food, stab it with a fork and then try and bring it up to her face. Mm. She's not too bad. Uh, the stabbing part is, you know, she needs to stab a bit harder. She'll get that, you know, she's, she's, yeah. my, she's my daughter. Stabbing will come naturally. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like nine times out of ten, she'll do it really well. Um, and you should, she'll just get it to her, help, her mouth. Mm. That other 10% is usually like right in the oh, eye. Oh, <laughs> jeez, little girl. Oh, no. Don't do that. No, and you you, you got to watch her. you oh, got to watch her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, sometimes you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, what's going to happen? She's going to go blinder? Oh, God. No, she, she'll be fine. <laughs> what's the... Like, <laughs> so, like, you know, when, so when the, what are you going to do, fire me kind of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. when like, Homer gets the hot dog and tries to eat it and like, shoves it in his eye. It's kind of like that. You're kind of going... I should probably discourage this, but it's pretty fucking funny. Oh, man. That's, so, look, I, I I should say I really appreciate your sense of humor about all of this. Yeah. she Because it is something I think I think a lot of us feel like we just don't have permission to laugh at someone who's disabled, you know? It's all right. Look, um, it's, it's fine. She's learning. And this is through Vision Australia. Yeah. This is one of the things that we said we really need to teach her how for her to how to feed herself. Yeah. Um, and, and she's doing really well. She can do fingers. She's starting to get the hang of glasses and cups. I bought her a special Hello Kitty or in Japanese Kitty-chan uh, cup. 
and she loves that cup so she'll she'll drink out of that and it's like a normal standard size kind of child's tumbler so nice. you know she does need some coordination she's getting better okay. she's getting better with the fork yeah uh, it takes time with these like Ruby still prefers the hands she'll always she'll try yeah. with the fork for a bit and then go ah I'll just use my hands May will always like we had pizza tonight mm. uh, homemade pizza and Maria uh, cooked a pizza in the shape of her favorite character, Umpaman. I feel very disappointed that I didn't. I should have. I should have. I should have opted for for the pizza. You should have. Yeah. The the dough was so good. You know how you like. You know how you like pan pizzas, like a thick pan. Yes. This dough was rich and melted in your mouth. <laughs> Shut up. Hayes. It was so good, and it was cooked just the right way. Crispy on the outside. You put it in your mouth. Oh, it just dissolves. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to go buy I, a pizza like 11 o'clock at night now because of you. I, I, I offered. I, we did offer. You did. Uh, you did. But, You're very and, kind. Uh, so Umpaman. <laughs> That's like adorable. Little, oh, I just man. showed Rob like a little Umpaman. Like it's got nori, which is um. You can seaweed. Google Umpaman. I'm sure there's plenty of. Yeah. Seaweed mouth and like um like mini tomato nose and cheeks. It's like a margarita. Yep. And like this thing was thick. It wasn't mm. like particularly big. It was kind of like maybe 10, 15 centimeters in diameter. Mm. But it was it was thick. Stacked. It was pan. And she finished the whole thing. And for the rest of the night, she was going, I'm on pizza. I'm on pizza. She loved tabedu, it. Tabedu. Good on her. Yeah, I, she I'm very, loved it. I'm proud of it. Your daughter has a good taste. Oh, yeah. It upsets me when my daughter doesn't eat pizza. I'll give her pizza and she's like, she's like, I don't like it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Is she really your daughter, Rob? Every child <laughs> likes pizza. <laughs> You're a child. What you need to do is show in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. Then she'll get a taste for it. That'll sort her out. Or potentially traumatize her. Oh, yeah. Well, either way. Either Whatever. way, it's win-win for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. You could... <laughs> If she's misbehaving, lock her in a room. And by lock her in a room, put her in a room and just put like, if she's traumatized, just put like a couple of those old figurines like by the door, like guarding with their weapons out. Just, and just that, <laughs> really, out. that really crappy Donatello that just swims in the bathtub. Just that one, just sitting there, upsettingly. <laughs> upsettingly is the right word for that figure. You know the one I'm talking about. I do. I do know exactly the one you're talking about. I know that you had that. And he yeah. was kind of making a weird duck face. Classic well. disappointing birthday present, right? Mm. Oh, you got me a Ninja Turtles toy. Oh, it's the wrong Ninja Turtles toy. It's the one that is in the bath. Yeah. And I'm too old for baths. <laughs> Look, uh, they tried, Ace. They did. They I mean, they, they sold every... You know, every possible combination of those figures, really. What's a, f- a fun thing to do is to contemplate what bad presents you might give your own child and how upset they will be in the future. Because <laughs> I'm sure I'll do it at least twice. <laughs> Just having a blind kid, mm-hmm. so tempting to get them shit that they, they think is one thing and is totally another thing. <laughs> Just look, look. Here's a great idea, AC. Hey, hey, look. No, no, I got you a ballerina outfit. It's it's actually just a swimsuit with a piece of paper around it to say it's a tutu. An iPhone with a SIM card removed. <laughs> God. <laughs> terrible people. You and I, terrible people. Look. Child services are coming any second you, now. You have an excuse. I have no excuse. <laughs> you need to make a light of this situation. I am just I'm, a... No, if there's anyone who probably shouldn't be like light of the situation, it's the father of a blind kid. I don't know. Look, you know, I've been thinking about how refreshing I found like that, like the last leg show on mm. on BBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that That's they a good will, show. That he, like Adam Hills doesn't hesitate to like make disabled jokes yeah. because he is disabled. <laughs> He's missing a foot. Um, and that kind of, I think it's really refreshing to see that because it's sort of like you know what, it is funny sometimes. There, there is some funny stuff. There is, yeah. Like, let's say it's not universally. No, no, no. Not every joke you make about a disabled person is not necessarily funny. <laughs> But there are some things... There is humour to be had yes. in almost all situations. Thank you. Not all of it offensive. 
Thank you. Because I'm trying to articulate something that I think is really difficult to articulate. It is. It is. Um, I'm still feeling my way out through that uh, situation. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a minefield, but I um, think bottom line, like, you know, it's all in the name of good fun. It is. Uh, I, 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 will, I, will, I will continue on by saying I was sick all of last week. I had yeah. a viral infection. Those are the I'm worst. Not in, yeah. entirely sure that I got over my bronchitis I had like a month ago. Oh, jeez. And it was just kind of like leveling off, leveling off, leveling off. And then I just didn't get enough rest. And I just, it just hit me like a brick wall. And I tried to go mm. into work a couple of times. And they just said, get the fuck out of here. Like, we don't want you here, you <laughs> messed up piece of shit. I love that, though. That's the great thing about working for the government is that you do get that strong if you're sick, go home message. Yeah. Which you don't get in the private sector. I was just, I was so busy. Like I had so much to do that mm. I actually literally came in. I had to write a travel brief for mm. our CEO and like basically almost collapsed in my chair and then went home after that. Because you know, it's just, it's something that had to be done. You know, mm. sometimes these things have, have to be done. That's right. Uh, I like to say I'm dispensable, but they could probably replace me in a heartbeat. Let's, let's be honest. You're going to make um, yourself indispensable. Never write procedures. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> SOPs, never heard of them. That's right. That way they can't fire you. <laughs> so that was, um, look, I had a, um, I, I did get, I, I was on some pretty heavy duty antibiotics and I, I eventually, I'm hoping I'm over it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to organize Japan a bit more. The more I'm trying to organize Japan, the more I realize that I need other people's coordination to help organize this. Like, oh, I'm meant to be meeting up with this person. Oh, maybe this person's going to meet me in Japan and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, God, like relying on other people to help make my schedule is not the best idea. <laughs> it's a problem with having a social life, isn't it? Is that like the more friends you have, the more juggling is involved. There's a lot of juggling here. Mm. Um, not a lot, but... We need to decide like how long we're going to spend in Tokyo. I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time in Tokyo because I want to spend it with a like I'm going to see El Chan, of course, mm-hmm. and I need to do a couple of other things there. So that's um, that's something that's starting to happen. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on: I haven't been playing a lot of games apart from Tetris Effect. <laughs> yeah, other than Tetris Effect, and I have been spending a lot of time in there, mm-hmm. and that's that's you know I've been playing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did want to mention to you specifically, actually. Is that, um, you know how I was complaining, whinging about the fact that my goddamn 1989 Laserdisc player broke? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, that pioneer fucker finally gave up the ghost. He's like, yeah, why won't it work? Well, it's 30 years old. Why the hell do you think? The rubber band snapped finally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was actually the power coupling. I could, I can't fix that. Hmm. There are uh, There are things I can fix. I don't know what the problem is here without doing a deep and heavy probe and, and ordering a whole bunch of parts that is, it's just not worth it at one sure. stage. So I thought, look, the chances of coming across a working Laserdisc player in Canberra, Australia, where Laserdiscs were never fully released, pretty low. But I kept looking. And last week at the markets... No way. I got one <laughs> for 10 bucks. What? It was it was covered in like paint residue, so I actually had to get a razor blade out and scrape a lot of it off. Wow. But the thing worked. Brilliant. It's a Sony Laserdisc player, and I think it was maybe used as a karaoke machine because it's got a couple of microphone inputs. Huh. Um, the good news is that it has S-video out. Ah. So like basically RGB. Fantastic. Um, so you can just plug it right into a modern TV. Ooh, not exactly. Not exactly. No, I wish that was the case. But possibly, possibly. Mm. Anyway, um, 
it, it does work. I don't have the remote for it, but, you know, that's neither here nor there because mm. I don't have a massive laser disc collection. Um, but there are a couple of gems that you and I have both watched, like the making of the Star Wars and... Um, yes, I was thinking of that. Yeah, which is not something that's easily available these days. And speaking of Star Wars, one of the things I did manage to get my hands on, although I haven't got my hands on it literally yet, is the unaltered... Uh, laser disc version of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in widescreen for mm. laser disc in S video quality. Wow, okay. So basically, this is one of the best versions of the unaltered trilogy you can get Excellent. for home entertainment purposes. Like, you'd, you'd need uh, something like a. Um, like the original film, like a copy of the original film. Apparently, these laser discs were taken from the masters. It has been a little bit of digitization because it's on a laser disc. Sure. But uh, <clears throat> my plan was at one stage is you and me, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out my projector, which has S video, mm-hmm. link it up to a sound system, and just project it onto a wall and just watch the original, unaltered yes. Star Wars, A New Hope. Where Han Solo shoots first, goddammit. Yep. <laughs> Unaltered and no weird CG Jabba the Hutt in good quality, just projected onto a wall. Yes, I love it. We should do it because I've, I've got, as you know, as listeners of the show will know, Mm. long time listeners, I did listen, I did watch all the Star Wars trilogy about a year ago. Yeah, pretty recently. Um, and it was upset by all the like, yeah, the additions. And I'm sure Disney is going to re-release the original, like, without all of that stuff. They darn well should, you know. I'm sure they will at one stage. In fact, the the day that I probably get my hands on these Laserdiscs, and I really hope they're NTSC because my new Laserdisc player doesn't play PAL region, Mm. Mm. (laughs) which is a... I only only have one PAL Laserdisc, and that's Predator, so no big deal there because everyone's seen Predator. Um, But yeah, that 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 was my thing, like... We're just going to watch it on like a big screen in a and dark room. And is this room. the whole trilogy? Yep, this is the Great. whole original trilogy. Because I want Nub Nub. Yep. I want... Nub Nub is my favorite <laughs> song out of all of those trilogies. All of those trilogies. It's, like, it's funny because I didn't miss it until it was gone. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> it's I like love Nub Nub. It's like, damn, now you're taking away from me. I freaking love that yeah, shit. I mean, man. it was so stupid the first time, but it's so catchy. Yes. And then, and it's, of course, it's got like Sebastian Shaw or whatever that guy's name was kind of like appearing at the end and all that kind of stuff. So mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to, and I'm not like a, a massive Star Wars fan, but yeah, I think I'm something about owning the original media in, in one of its most original prime forms yeah i'm really glad you got that because i certainly wouldn't have bothered i'm just hoping it comes in one piece because that is the one problem with shipping laser discs uh, is that those fuckers break ah uh, right this does have good sound quality it's like the thx release so it should it mm. should hopefully be okay well it just just depends on the the seller doesn't it really yep. how diligent they are yeah yeah hopefully well fingers crossed because i would love to yeah. i'd love to watch those with you sure that'll be an awesome night that would be that would be a pretty cool night yeah and with that, I think you have a quiz for me. I do, I see. So let's quiz it up. We're going we're gonna to go right into the quiz. We're not even going to have a break. All right, let's do it. Let's just keep going because you know what? This is a freight train. This podcast is a nonstop <laughs> freight train of awesomeness. <laughs> awesomeness is possibly not the word I would have used, but sure. It's jam-packed full of sad circus animals. <laughs> just like that one in Dumbo. Do you remember that? Yeah, all those animals no, are I... very, very tortured. Dumbo is a weird movie because if you've seen it <laughs> Damn recently, right it is. It only goes for like an hour like, yeah. or an hour and five minutes or 10 minutes or something like that. 
and it's not even in widescreen. It's like in like television, like four by three. Oh, weird. Yeah. All I know about that film is that I watched it um, with Meg after she'd had Ruby, and it made her cry very, very. It made her cry for a long time, <laughs> because when you when you really watch that movie as an adult, you realize that it's just like. Stabbing you, death. It's just stabbing you in the heart over and over again, that movie. Mm. It's weird. It's just a very dark film. Anyway, we're not talking about Dumbo today. We're talking the Dumbo about, quiz. This is, that's right. There, there, have been a, there have been at least a couple of Dumbo-themed games, I want to say. Um, but we're not talking about those. We're talking about Tetris, AC. Okay. Of course it's a Tetris-themed quiz for episode seven. I have no problem with that. I mean... Like, I love Tetris. I'm, I'm not the world's greatest historian on the subject. Yeah, because this, this is mainly a historical quiz. Because I think the history of Tetris is interesting. So even, yeah. if, even if we don't get a great result in terms of points, we'll all learn something. Yeah, that's we? cool. So, okay, so hit me. Question number one. Name the Russian bloke what invented Tetris. Alex Pajanov. That's right. Alexei or Alex Pajanov. Mm. Correct. I think Alexei, he used to go by. Alex is kind of what people call him. Well, he's emigrated to the US. Yeah, I think he lives in Hawaii at the moment, actually. Yeah, so I imagine that Alex Alex is probably a more normal name for Americans to call him. Mm. Um, They'd probably be weirded out by anything even slightly foreign. Yeah. As Americans are. are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Question number two. Where did Alexei work... When he made Tetris, um, I'll give, look, you can be you can be computer vague. Computer Russian Academy, the, the Russian Computer Academy. Yeah, that's close enough. It's the Soviet Academy of Sciences. Okay, so yeah. it was a, it was a Soviet it was a government. Point, point is, it's a government run. It was completely controlled by the government, mm. and this is in the you, communist look, era. Look, yeah, they didn't they didn't hire this guy. To, to make computer games. No, he did it while he, he just was did there. it while he was like he had access to a pretty primitive computer at the time. Actually, like it's, we're talking a mid seventies mainframe. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of doodling in your notebook. But yeah. but that doodle ended up being you know a very you know a massive phenomenon actually. Yeah. So it's fascinating it still is to this day. It's a fascinating story. Uh, question number three. This is a fairly easy one. Why is the game called Tetris? Uh, something to do with the Russian meaning of four. Yeah, that's close enough. I'll give you points for that. It's the Greek and the Greek word for four is tetra. Yeah. And that also the Russian language is based a lot on Greek. Yeah. Um, all sort of the numbers and things because it comes from that sort of lineage. So yeah, t- and tetraminos is is a a mathematical term for the the shapes. The shapes, that, every every single shape that that four that four blocks can make, four yeah, squares which is why can form. All te- uh, tetris pieces are called tetraminos. Yeah, that's right. So that's basically it. It comes from number four. Yeah, Greek word for number four, tetra. Uh, question number four: How many pieces are there in Tetris? How many like oh, different tetraminos separate, are there? Okay, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> seven correct there are seven there's technically in theory there's five but there's two that are mir- you can flip you can yep. you can flip them horizontally i always call them differently because they yeah. slot differently into different places that's like right the, the s and the l shapes mm. um, that's right the s and the l's can can be flipped it's it's really interesting and they do yeah. they are different in my mind because they do slot into different places differently that's Otherwise, right they would be the same there's a there's a term for it that i've forgotten mm. but it essentially means 
a shape that if you if you the mirror image of it is not yeah. identical. No, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, like uh, three of the blocks, the mirror image is identical, hmm. um, and then there's two that aren't. So that you get to, it's technically seven pieces. Uh, what is the name of the Soviet? Com- this this is a very difficult question. Okay. What is the name of the Soviet computer? That Alexei first created Tetris on. Oh no, I know it's got a great name as well. Oh, um, <laughs> you don't have to. If you, it's fine the, to say, I want to call it the Lenin One Supercomputer. <laughs> I wish it was. I, I I have heard it at some point in the past, but it's not it's not coming to me. Uh, it is, and I love this name, the Electronica sixty. Mm, and Electronica, no way would have gotten that and would have remembered that. But that is a fine name for a computer. And the, I should say that um, while Elec is spelt with a C, Tronica is spelt with a K. Ooh, so that makes it look cool, spicy. Yeah, I love that name. So I um, think um, it was a like, pretty very basic. What, what they were doing was a lot of rocket and nuclear, yes, like uh, missile guidance system stuff in that place. Yeah, yeah. So like you, when you say he was doodling in his notepad and he came up with this, mm. you're not too far off. Mm. But he just spread like wildfire as far as places like Hungary and the Ukraine. Well, let's get on to my next okay. questions. I see because this is exactly what's really interesting about this is that he just created this for funsies. Yep. But then question number six, two of Alexei's colleagues at the Academy of Sciences made the first ports of Tetris. So it wasn't him. No. Two of his mates who worked there were like, oh, yep. let's, let's port this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the first computer platform, the first one mm-hmm. that they ported the game to? Oh, no. I, this, is, this really feels like something I should know. And it is a popular well-known it, yeah, system. It's just, I'm just, I'm really racking my brains. And they did that. They did that at the at the Academy of Sciences before so, it had kind of gotten out there. Yeah, yeah. So <clears> it's <throat> like a, it's a popular computer that is just not coming to me. I just it's on the tip of my tongue. And I tell you, you'll you'll scream probably. I probably will. It's the IBM PC. Oh, no, not an IBM compatible. Yeah, it's an no. old IBM PC. I was yeah. gonna know. Because remember, this is 1984. When this game was first yeah. created, okay. So I, I was very tempted to say IBM or IBM compatible. Yeah. Um, which I, there's a whole thing I could do on IBM compatible. I won't go into it here. Yeah, I mean that's a fact. That, that should be a but feature I was, system I was at some point. Trying to vaguely say something a little bit earlier than that, and I mm. just couldn't think of that computer. But yeah, that does make sense because at that stage, that probably wasn't an IBM. That most likely was an IBM compatible that they'd cloned. Yeah, yeah. It was probably some sort of weird Russian thing, yeah. but it was a cobbled together. Well, whatever it was, it was literally IBM compatible because it was compatible with IBMs. Yeah. So, um, question seven. What happens next? Um, the game spreads a bit. It actually finds its way to Hungary, as you said. So yeah. this is now in an area where people from the West are like mingling. Yeah. Um, and a British software firm by the mm-hmm. name of Andromeda discovered the PC version, the IBM PC version of if the game. If you ask me who the name of that guy is, I'm going to punch <laughs> no, you no, because no, I can't no. remember. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about that. Um, and they reached out to Alexi and offered to buy it. Mm. But then what? the interesting thing that happens is before they'd actually finished those negotiations with Alexi, yeah. good old Andromeda, they sold the rights. <laughs> I think it's because they were like going broke or they were bought out. Yeah. But either way, the rights they didn't actually have <laughs> moved on to another 
Um, software software firm. And so the question is, what was the name of was the it, software firm? Oh, I'm not sure. No, it wasn't Virgin. Uh, it's a famous one. It is famous. I just can't think of it right now. It was Spectrum. Spectrum. Oh, yeah, okay. Spectrum Holobyte. And this is interesting because they eventually came back and had the computer rights, not the console or handheld rights. And what, yeah. uh, what a home computer is was a kind of a technicality a bit later on. So, yeah, this gets a bit complex. I haven't gone into all that because it gets very complicated as the rights kind of... It does. Yeah. There was even a trick when they tried to get the rights for the handheld or home console version. Mm. Um, what they did was they asked for way too much money and they put in other secret clause somewhere mm. in the contract. Oh my gosh. When Nintendo were negotiating. So they said, no, we're not going to pay that much money and all that. And they said, okay, fine, fine, fine. They, and they didn't look at the other clause in the contract, ignored it. And then they got all of the rights to that. Damn. Yeah. Very, very clever. Very sneaky. Yeah. There's a lot of the saga of Tetris is, is an interesting one. Mm. It's, it's, but it, is a feel good, it, has a, it has a feel-good ending, I see. So, question number eight. Spectrum then went ahead and published the PC version of Tetris in the USA. Yep. Uh, in what year did this version of Tetris come out? Mm. So, remember, 84 it was developed. How long did it take for it to come out in the USA? It's like either late 85 or early 86. It was... I'm going to say... Actually, maybe it have been 87 even. It what? Do uh, I need your final answer here? Okay, I, I, I'm going to say 86. I'm going to go in between. It was 87. It was 87. Yeah, ah. it was 87. There was. I knew that there was a bit of time there. Mm. But I wasn't sure how much. Okay. It's funny because I always think of this game as being a bit older than it really is. But I think of 87. That's really the kind of the launch date of of Tetris because that's when it kind of kind of hit the West for well, us. Well, the you thing know? is, like, it spread so quickly, so fast, and mm. it spread to a lot of different platforms other than PC as well. This is kind so. of like the official, like, so, you know, you pay money for this yeah. in a store. You buy it. Yeah. As opposed to, like, someone giving you a floppy disk and going, hey, man, <laughs> check out this thing. There's good drugs. On <clears throat> My drugs are in Tetris. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number nine. Alexei ended up selling the rights for Tetris in 1986. So he actually... You know, he felt that he still retained the rights, and probably rightly so. Kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he ended up selling the rights in 1986 for a 10-year period. Who did he sell the rights to? Nintendo? Uh, actually, the answer is the Russian government. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't so, think he had much of a choice no, there, I'm going to say. No, in fact, the, the Wikipedia article, the font of all wisdom, yep. says that um, he did so because he was afraid. That if he did anything else, that he would be like punished. Yeah, because um, you got to remember that all the Berlin Wall wasn't until like ninety one, ninety one. I think. So, yeah, yeah, eighty nine, ninety was around the end of the eighties, early nineties that that all went down. Yeah. Um, you, you all think that it, it happened like overnight when the Berlin Wall came down, but there was a transitional period. Yeah, there's a bit of a process. Yeah, and I remember that there was negotiations with Nintendo, and they got the rights to do it on handheld and possibly home console, which stopped Mega Drive from. And Sega from having their own port, ah. but some of them got out and then were retracted. So any of those cartridges you have are worth mega money. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That yeah. why we ended up with com- columns instead of Tetris on uh, Mega Drive. You know or? what? Columns wasn't actually a Sega joint, but mm. Sega did end up buying them out. I want to say, mm. like, because columns was actually on that was the like, PC Engine as well. I actually oh. have columns for PC Engine. Right. Yeah. There you go. Because it was such a bun. It was always bundled with the it Mega was. Drive. So I yeah. thought that it was like, yeah. Anyway, that's was, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, last question, AC. <clears throat> question number 10. So 10 years later, yep. 1996, mm-hmm. the rights to Tetris reverted to Alexei. Mm-hmm. 
who began clawing back the rights to the many unlicensed Tetris products on the market. What is the name of the company that Alexi founded? The Tetris Company. Correct. Points for you. And that company now pretty much controls Tetris. Yeah. So there, it took there, a long time, though, for it to get to that point. Well, yeah. I mean, what they effectively are is a, um, a, a licensing company now. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> basically, um, Alex or Alexi is sitting on a beach in Hawaii. Yep. Uh, you know, deciding, yeah, I'll license this to this person. I'll license this to other person. And he still does programming. He has done other stuff. Yeah, He's he has worked on a few done, games. Yeah. Other puzzle games from Microsoft as well, mm. and they're not bad. I've mm-hmm. played some of them. Uh, of course, Tetris was just the. I'm not sure if it was the right hit at the right time, and it was for everyone else. Mm. But and it eventually became that for him. But it's a fascinating story. It's a fascinating. It took 12 years for him to start to get the the, the, the claw back to what, start to get back what he yeah. what was rightfully his i feel yeah i mean it's a complicated story and there were other people involved and there were, were other <clears> people <throat> who did do things and he has actually set out some rules that say it has to be the well has to be this many deep yeah everything has to be made of four um you have to be able to retain a piece mm. and you have to be able to spin mm. and that like it's interesting that there are some rules now, according to the Tetris company, that if you deviate from those rules, it's it, not Tetris. Right. And that, that gives you free reign to call it like Robtris or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like, <clears throat> like this, the same guy did uh, a uh, Famicom game called Hattress. Yeah, yeah. As well. And that was actually Pajanoff as well. Mm. Like he actually did that game. And it's kind of shitty, to be completely honest. I have that for Famicom. But think about how many games have spawned out of Tetris as well. Like things yeah. like Pushmo and, and that stuff, you know, like or um like yeah, any kind of block pushing, shoving, locking in, completing game, like Bejeweled for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah. That game is raking in like millions on on, on phones. And that that is basically a Tetris clone. Like, I mean, a lot of a lot of puzzle games. Is this? I don't, is, I don't think was Tetris the first falling block, falling things that you line up game. I'm not sure if it was actually. I think there, mm. there were there were a lot of things before that that maybe I'm giving you too much credit. Was advanced, and there was a lot of Spectrum stuff that was going on at the time. Yeah, that yeah. was nowhere near as good mm. or as well thought out. But there were certainly puzzle games where there were falling objects. I want to say. Um, but certainly, I think I feel like it started the, off as genre. It started it off as a genre of like kind of. I, I don't think a lot of those things are clones, but I think that Tetris is certainly their inspiration. Yeah, like but you all technically is quite different because things aren't falling; you're just finding patterns. Yeah, and, but, and the human brain loves patterns. Yeah, yeah. So right. you got five. I got five. Well, I think we're going to call this one an even split. All right, I'm happy with that. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that was very informative. And uh, Rob is madly, madly rushing to his phone right now because we are about to talk about the Gun and Geek Network. That's right, AC. My favourite network for geeky podcasts. Yeah, I have been. I have been going on there, checking them out. Um, <laughs> There's lots of good podcasts on there. And this is actually something that I do put on when I'm like playing games on my Retro Freak. Like I just <clears throat> that because my Retro Freak is above my computer screen. Right. I just kind of turn on podcasts while I'm <laughs> like, playing something above. I've been playing a lot of Game Boy games recently. Right. Okay, not recently. I've been playing a lot of Game Boy games like forever. That's just kind of who I am. So what's the uh, Gunna Geek Network got for us? Oh, man. There's lots of good shows on the Gunna Geek Network, including mm-hmm. the official Gunna Geek show, AC. Okay. All right, love it's official, guys. so it's got to be good. Yeah, SP's on there. That's right. Um, and the most recent episode, episode number 261. 
they're gonna gonna talk fall 2018 tv show fall 2018 tv is in full swing now in america we need to be clear for our aussie listeners it's a big deal in australia in america the 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 autumn tv schedule yes yes um Fall 2018 TV is in full swing, and fellow Gunner Geek Network member Michelle Ely joins the crew to discuss our thoughts on what we've seen so far. We'll talk the new, good, the bad, and the ugly. There's a lot of ugly stuff on there. Check out this and more in this week's show. So that's uh, episode 261 of the Gunner Geek Show, um, which is one of the more um, high-quality productions on the Gunner Geek Network. Uh, yeah, that, that you one can really see is. the budget. <laughs> hey, see, you can see the budget. They don't stab people live on their podcast, which is a step above us. <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's right. And we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Uh, we're at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com, and our sister show, which has just come back, Ooh. is at. I didn't know. Yeah, apparently they just recorded an episode. Fantastic. I can't wait to listen to their mellifluous voices. <laughs> They're all, argh, it's your bajib, it's your Trump, and I'm going to find my goons. <laughs> Good. Save the man's coal fields. God damn it. Shotguns. <laughs> yep. That's how they sound. Turn tobacco. Okay, hey, look, if I'm wrong, please let please write in and tell me. I've said nothing that was inaccurate. Rob does not have a current Twitter address, whereas I do, and I'm at Prod Tally, but do not direct your Rob hatred at me, for the love of God. There is the official GLB uh, Twitter account, GLB Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, please give us a positive rating, or at least don't spit on our graves on iTunes. <laughs> there is actually an option. Beneath zero stars, there's spit on the graves. Don't spit on the grave, for the love of God. It's just not have, done. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much for listening. Cheery Pip. Cheery Pip. Oh, God damn it. Pippily bye. Anus. Anus.